it's really good to have Father Julius with us um, because sometimes we don't remember that the Catholic Church is big, like really big. So Uganda to Helena, right? You were united in one faith. Um, all right, so one weekend, folks, it's been a big week. All right, parents have come, parents have left. School started. Some of you have dropped classes already, right? Um, you know, we beat Western. That was good. Mount Helena caught on fire. That was bad, right? That was wild today to watch that. Um, but I got to watch two super tankers fly low and hot and drop their fire retardant on that. Um, so thankfully, that's out. Whoever did that is an idiot. Um, I don't know if you remember, though, last, uh, last week, I gave you a line from Pope Benedict XVI. He said, the world offers you comfort. You weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Okay, perfect. So we remember that. Today, if it wasn't Sunday, would be the feast of the great St. Augustine. So look at this quote that I found. St. Augustine says, do you wish to be great? Right? The world offers you comfort. You weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So St. Augustine 1,600 years prior to Pope Benedict saying his quote about greatness said this, Do you wish to be great? Then begin by being. Do you desire to construct a vast and lofty edifice? Think first about the foundations of humility. The higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. Humility. Another quote from St. Augustine. If you ask me what the essential thing in religion and discipline of Jesus Christ is, I shall reply, first, humility. Second, humility. Third, humility. Humility. It's in the first reading and it's in our gospel. So it's worth reflecting on tonight. St. Thomas Aquinas, he said this, humilitas veritas. Humility is truth. Humilitas veritas. That means that pride, then, the opposite of humility, is untruth. It's a non-reality. It's not the way things actually are. That's why at the beginning of Mass, the first thing we do is humble ourselves. I confess to Almighty God, to you, my brothers, that I have sinned through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, because we have to live in the truth. And the truth is we're sinners. The truth also is we have a savior. But if we don't acknowledge that truth and we come in all puffed up and proud, then we won't live in the freedom of the truth. So the church constantly reminds us, live in the truth, live in the truth, even when it's inconvenient, even when the culture says there is no such thing as truth or you manufacture your own truth, whatever you say is true. That's not true. The church reminds us over and over of the truth and the importance of living in it. And to reject that is pride. And pride goes bad. Pride has always been the danger facing humanity. It's the worst of all the sins, by the way, fellow sinners. Whatever sins you have, the ones regarding pride are the worst. By far. What we do when we're proud is we ascribe to ourselves the divine prerogative. I can be God. I get to be God, and I don't need him. 
And that goes really bad for us because we're not God. We never can be God. But also, I have to say this, pride is quite the spectrum, right? There's a lot of different flavors of pride, if you will. And I was thinking, okay, how to talk to you about pride? Because in certain ways, we're not a proud school. Like, we're not puffed up. No one here thinks we're the, on the intellectual cutting edge. We're not. No one thinks our research facilities are the, the best in the world. They're not. No one thinks our internet connectivity is even adequate. It's for sure not, okay? So in that sense, we're not all puffed up. Like, we're better than everybody else. But here, now listen, this I believe. The worst form of pride on this campus is self-preoccupation. And that is a form of pride, to think about ourselves way too much, and we all do it. Think how much energy we spend thinking about ourselves. Or, or to make it maybe a little more personal, think how much energy you spent today thinking about yourself, what you're going to do with your day, how happy you are, what your plans for next week and for the future are, how people notice you, how many friends you have, what kind of cool experiences you're having versus the experiences your friends are having, and how much of that energy is turned inward. And that, to bring back to St. Augustine yet again, is one of his great images, he said, the sinful soul is curvatus in se. It's Latin for curved in on itself. Was your day curved in on itself? Were you curved in on yourself today? And chances are all of us at some level were. So we come to church. We put ourselves before the Lord who wants to open us out. Self-preoccupation. Humility is the answer to that. Here's a great line from C.S. Lewis. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's a good line. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And when we think of ourselves, when we make it all about us, what goes through the roof, my friends, is anxiety. And, and it's been the problem for humanity all the way back to the garden, right? But then it's just been growing and growing. You want to get into it, Descartes, 400 years ago, drops the, the famous cogito ergo sum, right? I think, therefore I am. It's the beginning of the modern preoccupation with self. I think, therefore I am, closing in. I think, therefore I am, right? Now, the postmoderns have taken that, and it's not just a preoccupation with self. Now it's an obsession with self. Everybody's thinking about themselves all the time. And no wonder anxiety goes right through the roof. Well, the Lord wants to heal that. And his remedy is humility. By the way, Descartes' great phrase, or his famous phrase, I don't know if it's a great phrase, but his famous phrase, cogito ergo sum, some, some Christian philosopher said there's a right response to that. Cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am, ought to be cogitat 
ergo sum. He thinks, therefore I am. Do you know you don't have to think about yourself and worry about yourself so much because he's thinking about you. Kojitat ergo sum. He thinks, therefore you are. All of us, we're being held in existence right now by God. He is thinking of me right now. He's thinking of you right now. He knows you better than you know yourself. That's St. Augustine. He goes, you're closer to me than I am to myself. And he wants to draw you into the freedom of that relationship where you can be free enough to say, I don't need to think about me. I can think about better things. I can leave the small space of my own ego, which quickly becomes a black hole. Do you know what black holes are, by the way? Black holes are collapsed stars. They're stars that have folded in on themselves. Curvatus in se. We get to live as stars that aren't closed in, shining a beautiful light for others to see. That's what the church ought to be. A bunch of people who have realized, I don't need to think about myself so much because I'm being thought of right now. So I don't have to preoccupy myself with me, me, me. Instead, it's him. And then it's them. And then it's her. And then it's him. And as I lose myself, I find myself. That's the invitation for all of us tonight. That's the real risk of Christian discipleship, to lose yourself. Jesus says it very clearly in the gospel. If you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, you'll find it. And we see it all throughout history. The people who have risked enough to stop being preoccupied with themselves, the people who have risked enough to stop making their lives just about them are the ones who really live. Now, do we need help? Yeah, we need help for that because the temptation is to turn inward and make it about us. So Jesus comes. I want you to think about Jesus everywhere you see him in the scriptures. He is the path of humility. He comes down from heaven. This is the second person of the Trinity, the one who holds all things in existence, the creator of heaven and earth. And he's born as a little baby, totally dependent, that all power would be found in the manger. Then he goes to live in a tiny little hamlet, Nazareth. We think it's a town. It was two to three hundred people and he lived there for three, or 30 years. 30 years among two to three hundred people. That's his way. And then we see him on the cross. Him at his most power. Him at the greatest moment, the reason he came. And he's naked, beaten, scourged, and dying the humble way. 
And then lest you think that that's just locked in history. Tonight, under what looks like bread, is him, God himself. It's not just that he chooses humility, though he does. It's that that's his way. That's God's way. And so it should be our way. Three things happen when we choose humility. Three things. We become more thankful. We become more generous. And we become more joyful. When we choose humility, we realize all that we've been given. We become grateful people. Thankful, not worried about this class or am I going to find a boyfriend here or a girlfriend? What am I going to do with my major? Right? All these anxieties that plague your generation. Am I going to make a mistake with my life? No, no, no. God's thought of you. He is thinking of you. And so then you get to live in the great space of gratitude. Thankful. Another opportunity. Another chance to see God and find God. Another chance to serve other people. When we're thankful, we're more generous. And we give. And we're meant to give because that's how God is. And we're made in his image and likeness. We give. We serve others. We use the time well that we have. And then, my friends, in that, we become joyful. And one of the worst things to see is people your age, sad, hopeless, despairing. You are made for joy. But that joy comes not when you think less of yourself, but when you think of yourself less. So my friends, think of yourself less this week. Think about God. Think about his people. Think about the gifts he's given and the chance you have to serve. And watch how your joy will increase by becoming humble.